0: Hello and welcome to the Teachers Inspire podcast, organized and run by Dublin City University. Teachers Inspire is an Ireland-wide initiative that seeks to celebrate teachers and to recognize the transformative role they play in our lives and in our communities. My name is Louise O'Neill and I am delighted that I have been asked once again to curate and share with you the many uplifting stories about teachers who have made a difference in your life. Check out these stories and more on the website, teachersinspire.ie. Every year, we receive nominations that make you stop and think. They remind us of the role teachers can play and how sometimes even a single sentence can impact a student in a deeply profound way. The nominations are being reviewed at the moment, but I thought it would be nice to introduce you to two of the nominators. Joining me now on the line is Sarah Doran. Sarah is based in the UK, but she went to secondary school in Baldoyle in Dublin. Um, and now, Sarah, please don't be upset with me if I butcher some of these names. Irish was not my strongest <laughs> subject in school. But you've nominated a teacher from that school, public school Nassan, um, and she is Ashling Vig Auron. Yes. Uh, uh, did I did I did I do an OK job of that or is Ashton going to come after me?
1: I don't know. I, I always refer to her as Banvagaron, Vigaron, So, you know, I think you okay. did fine. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, well, I'm looking forward um, to hearing more about her. So welcome to Teachers Inspire.
1: Thank you. Pleasure to join you. Thanks for having me.
0: Of course. Um, so, yes, I suppose, you know, I, I first of all, I'd love to know why you decided um, to nominate Ashling. I'm going to we're going to be on first terms, um, first name terms with Aisling. Throughout
1: exactly, it. exactly. The best <laughs> way to be.
0: <laughs> so I'd love to know if it's why you decided to nominate Aisling, um, and, you know, what it was about her that left such a big impact on you.
1: Yeah, I suppose it comes down to that, basically, and this is going to sound a bit perhaps extreme, but she essentially saved my life. Um, and that's because when I was a teenager, I think like a lot of people had a little bit of a tough start at secondary school, didn't quite go to plan. And ultimately, I ended up dropping out of school for a year didn't sit the junior cert. Can you believe there's a way around it? Oh, my us? God, Sarah. I know,
0: I know. I wish I had known. I mean, not. I, I don't obviously wish that I'd had a terrible time in school. No, no, like, I'm know. like, I
1: wish I'd known that there was a way exactly. around the junior cert. I, I didn't Believe me, I didn't realise till about halfway through the year that I could get around it. Um, I was at home. I was quite depressed and I had oh, a tutor oh, and stuff Sarah. like that who did her best. She was absolutely brilliant. Shout out to her. She was amazing. She'll know who she is. Um, and so my parents just decided in kind of, you know, all together that this pretty turbulent 15-year-old, probably needed not the pressure of the State yeah. Examinations Commission, um, who are a lovely board of people, I'm sure. Uh, but <laughs> So we decided I'd kind of just sit it all out. And it for a long time, it was looking like I wasn't going back to secondary school, I'll be honest. I had, you know, the right people looking after me from the right places. And it was a real shame because I'd always really loved school. I'd been a bit of a teacher's pet, uh, yeah. full disclosure. Um, I wonder why now I'm nominating a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, but Essentially, we were, we, mum had taken me on a holiday to try and cheer me up a bit. I was very lucky. And we got a phone call from a school in Baldoyle called Public School Nassau. And they said, oh, we'll take her, which at first I was horrified by because I was like, oh, I'm 15. I thought I'm not going ever back to school. That would be great. Yeah. But no, here was the chance to go. And so I went in and I met this woman, Van Vagueron, as I came to know her, and the principal at the time, Mary Carroll, who was an amazing, amazing woman, and they just said, if you want to come back, Give it a go. Come back for transition year. It's really low pressure. See how you get on. And genuinely, it was 100% the best decision of my life to go there because they took me in. They looked after me. They gave me the kind of fresh start that so many people don't get. And I think ultimately they just made me trust in myself and believe in myself again. And Ashling was my form tutor slash kind of year head, And she looked after me the whole way through. And honestly, she just helped me put my life back together.
0: Yeah. I know we were joking earlier about like you know skipping um the junior year, but like I can't imagine at fifteen thinking I'm never going to be able to go back to school again, and and like yeah. just the you know how difficult that must have been for your parents, and and I would I would assume for for Ashling and and you know for your other teachers at this school that they I suppose that they felt that responsibility of of wanting to make sure that you felt safe again and that the school environment felt like. Yeah, so was the one where you could feel like you were protected. Completely.
1: And I think that was the thing. I remember it was the night before my 15th birthday that I said to my mom, I was like, mommy, I don't want to go back. And yeah. she just looked at me and she could just see what I was like. And she just said, OK. Yeah. You're not going back then. We'll figure it out. And yeah. she fought so hard for me throughout it to get me back into a school. And I can't tell you how many places we went to, how many interviews we kind of sat through, how many times we tried to explain. I remember the the real issue was that I had done Spanish at junior third level and nobody else had teachers who taught Spanish. <laughs> like we, can't, we can't fit her in. But Public School didn't have a teacher who did Spanish and they still took me anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? So... It, the the thing I would say about that school and particularly about the kind of ethos it had and and I think Ashling was just the embodiment of this was that the pastoral care was their top priority. Wow. It really was. You got a great education, don't get me wrong, but it was a family and you very much got out of it what you put in and by God they made you want to put it in.
0: They really wow. did. Wow. Because I was about to ask, you know, if you've gone to all of those interviews, what was it about this school that stood out? Stood out? But like, as you said, obviously, the pastoral um, care was obviously, ent- I mean, it must have been just essential um, given, I suppose, the point that you were at. I suppose one of the questions that nominators are asked, you know, when they're completing the online form for, to nominate a teacher a Teachers Inspire is what did this teacher teach you that has stayed with you?
1: I think, and this might sound a little weird, but she taught me to stand on my own two feet again, Mm. if you know what I mean. I was very, I'd been so vulnerable and I'd been so dependent on on everyone else that I kind of forgot, not quite how to do things for myself, but you know what I mean, just how to exist for myself, believe in myself and kind of be my own champion. Mm. And I remember I always say that she had this kind of very gentle philosophy of, you know, I'll hold your hand when you need it held, but I'm not going to hold it if you don't need me to. You know, if you can get out there and do that yourself, you can do it. Go on, give it a go. And if you're really stuck, then come back to me. But it was just the best thing she ever did for me. It's like, you know, when they say that thing, you know, give a man a fish, feed him for a day, teach a man to yeah. fish, feed him for life. Um, Whether people agree with that or not, who knows. But she did that for me. She just showed me that... I don't want to say the impossible was possible, but what felt like the impossible was possible. And that I didn't need to be wrapped in cotton wool. That mm. I I could you know, have edges and I could grow a thick skin. And But at the same time, I'm not saying that in the sense that, you know, the support wasn't there or the emotional support wasn't there. Of course it was. And when things were tough or I got very low, you know, she would say to me, it's absolutely fine to be emotional. It's absolutely fine to cry. It's absolutely fine to let it out. There's no harm in that either. But it was just a good mix of the two. She had such a good balance and she just had such a good skill at just reminding you not to give up on yourself and not to let it drag you down.
0: Oh my God, Sarah, (laughs) this woman should be a life coach. I'm like, these are skills, like, as you said, like, you know, like the sense of, you know, being able to do, you know, stand on your own two feet and that sort of bravery, but also the, the, I suppose, like the permission to feel emotional and to, you know, feel your feelings, as my therapist would say, you know, if you're down, like, I mean, those are skills that people in their thirties, forties beyond are sort of still, you know, struggling with or or trying to learn i mean that's an incredible thing to be told as a 15 year old
1: yeah and i think as well like this woman, she never taught me a single like actual lesson in my life. I never had her for Irish. I had another oh, really? teacher, another brilliant teacher. She was just my form tutor, but I had that kind of access to her. She was my year head, you know, and it didn't matter. I could wander down to her room, knock on the door after her class and go in and chat to her. You know, it was just this kind of unbridled access. People can be a year head and it can be a very symbolic kind of thing. And it can be the yeah. kind of person that someone just gets sent to if, you know, they've done something bad or they're in trouble or, you know, there's something admin-wise to sort out but she was there I mean she was like another mammy you know she really was in in the best kind of way a very professional mammy don't get me wrong but you know she was just she was just there and and like you say bless her the poor woman must have felt
0: like my therapist at times you're living in London now you're living in the big city Sarah (laughs) (laughs) and uh, you know you're working as a communications manager but you know even to make that move from Dublin to London, you know, that's, a, that's a big, that's a big move. And I think, you know, when you talked about there again, I suppose the, the bravery piece of this, or like the, I'm not even sure if that's the right word, but I suppose the standing on your own two feet and sort of believing in yourself. Like, do you think that you w- would have been able to move to London? Do you think that you would have achieved all that you have if you'd not had the experience of going to public school and um, and having Ashling as your as your yearhead. Um, and I suppose I don't know, having at least some sort of positive um experiences and memories of school.
1: Absolutely not, Louise. I wouldn't be alive.
0: No. I
1: genuinely wouldn't be alive oh, without Sarah. those people. And I and I don't say that in like a sad way. I say that in a kind of very proud way, to be honest. Yeah. Because yeah. they gave me back my life. They really did. And I know it's as much as what you make it yourself, but there was a team of teachers in that school. Ashling was my year head. So probably, you know, the kind of the standout one for me. I had a fantastic debating coach. I had a hilarious geography teacher. I had a brilliant Irish teacher who taught me how to debate Osgoelga. And I didn't even speak a proper word of Irish until <laughs> I was about 16. You know, there were incredible. And even the teachers who didn't teach me, I knew. Yeah. And that is for the number of students that they would deal with, for the number of issues that they would deal with. You know, for this little community school on a council estate in North Dublin, just what they would put out—they punch so high above their weight. And without them, you know, I stayed at home with my mommy till I was twenty-five. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> uh, before I moved to London,
0: that's fine. You- twenty-five. You know, your yeah. brain isn't fully developed till you're twenty-five. Exactly. That's science, Sarah.
1: Exactly. And cost of living, lads. I mean, we yeah. see it now. You know, I mean, there's no shame in living with your parents. It's great if you can get away with it. And you're an <laughs> only child like me, you know, spoiled rotten. Um, but like when it came to making that decision to move overseas, I'd had another little bad patch. You know, I think anybody who has mental health issues will know yeah. you, you live with it, right? Yeah. You never get rid of it and you can be proud of it, right? It's all part of what we go through. Yeah. But I had another little bad patch and I really had to dig deep and look down and just remember where I had been I think it was kind of poetic it was 15 and 25 you know when I made the decision to move and I just looked back and I remembered being 15 and I kind of did think to myself I was like right what would Ban tell me to do here and I just went and did it and as I've said to a few people I came here for two weeks and I'm still here eight years later (laughs) so I I think without the skills and I think the word I probably would use is the resilience and I hate the word resilience sometimes because I feel like it requires you to look after yourself and nobody else to look after you as well but ultimately I think it's a really good thing without the resilience she taught me and the ability to just just be myself and not worry about it, you know, just not be afraid. You are who you are. You're all everyone is somebody's villain. Everyone is somebody's hero. You just have to get on with it, you know? Um and without that, I think I just would not be where I am. They were Ashling and the entire team at that school and the principal Mary Carroll and they were just an amazing group of people. And I, I, I genuinely don't say it lightly when I say I owe my life to them.
0: Mm, God, Sarah, that's so that's so moving. I think there's going to be like a run on um, parents trying to get their kids into school and so on. And I'm about to like try and find Ashling and like hire her as my life coach. Um, I think I, I think it got a bit sad
1: when I kept going back for the open night like five years <laughs> after I'd left to just stand there and go, look at them, they're great. Ignore Aww. league tables, they're fantastic.
0: Aww. Honestly, I mean, is there any? There's no higher praise. Truly. Um, Sarah, thank you so much for coming on um, the Teachers Inspire podcast and for speaking with me so openly and honestly. I just I really appreciate it.
1: Oh, no, it's been a real pleasure. And thank you for giving me the platform to just say to everyone out there how fantastic a school public school Nasson is, how brilliant that teaching staff is and how much we need teachers like Banvigar on. To remind people just how brilliant people within this profession are they give so much of themselves to so many young people for so many years of their lives often for little or no reward and i just think they're worth celebrating
0: yeah same well what a gorgeous way to end it thank you sarah thanks louise many of the nominations that we have received over the years have focused on a teacher being there and offering support in a way that has nothing to do with the curriculum or exam preparation. So joining me now to tell me more about why she has nominated her former teacher is Caitlin Green. Caitlin, welcome to the Teachers Inspire podcast. Hi. Um, So, Caitlin, you nominated uh, Marianne O'Reilly. She was your teacher at Mercy College Beaumont in Dublin. And you first met Marianne when she taught you from first year to third year. Um, Would you mind maybe just telling our listeners a little bit about what was happening in your life at that time?
2: Um, So I suppose um, the first big thing was that I was the only student from my primary school to go to this secondary school. And I was so nervous, um, but I really wanted a fresh start. Um, I had a good time in primary school, but I really just wanted to go and find my own people in secondary school. Um, so I went and um, she was a teacher that I had maybe four, five or six times a week in first to third year because she was my religion teacher and she was my CSP teacher. So I've seen her quite a lot every day. Um, and she just... From the minute I walked into her classroom, she just made me feel so welcome and so at ease. She was really like a mommy to not just me, to all of us. Um, She was nicknamed Mother Hen in the school. Um, She was just absolutely fantastic and she just really helped me settle in. And if I was ever lost or if I needed help, I knew I could always knock on her door and I'd be greeted with a smile. And she was always willing to go the extra mile to make sure everyone was okay she taught you from first
0: year to third year. Um, and now I know in your nomination form, you mentioned that, and I'm so sorry um, that you lost your, your nanny, your grandmother when you were in transition year. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's just, it's such a loss. I think a grandparent, particularly if you're very close to them, but um, so was it, it was Marianne, was it who noticed that you were not yourself? Um, yes
2: yeah, so I lost my nanny in March of 2015 um, when I was in transition year and then I went into fifth year in the September and Marianne ended up being my year ahead for fifth and sixth year and I ended up having her for non-exam religion and um, so I think I had her three times a week and at the time in my school in fifth and sixth year you went to the parent teacher meetings with your parents which was absolutely horrific um, <laughs> oh my god oh my god that's like a form of torture. I can't I believe they made you do that. With your parents. Yeah. Um, and I remember sitting, it was probably the November time and sitting with my parents, with Miss O'Reilly and her asking me, could she talk to my parents alone? And I was like, what have I done? Like I haven't done anything. <laughs> I wasn't a child that got into trouble. I'd talk and talk and talk, but I was never a troublemaker. I don't think. Um, and... Um, I remember just kind of standing outside the hall like my heart going 90 and then my parents came out and they didn't really say anything they just said oh like she was just saying that you're doing well and stuff and um the next day my mom collected me from school and she was like "Right, don't lose the plot now but we're gonna go get some counseling and i was like absolutely not and i went anyways and I, when i came out i said where did this all come from and she said Miss O'Reilly's noticed a change in you. Um, she doesn't think you're yourself. Like you're not as outgoing as you were. You're kind of like withdraw, withdrawn and stuff. So, um, she said we said that we'd, we we'd take you to counselling, see see what happened. And um, I went into school the next day. She I was always in school quite early, and so was she. I remember waiting outside the staff room, and she walked in, and I was like, you betrayed me I was like you should have told me she was like I'm sorry she was like but I'm just trying to help and I was like okay I forgive you like (laughs) I knew that she was doing it for all the right reasons and to be honest it was really it was a really crucial moment in my life like I was I was kind of just hiding it from everyone and for her to know it was just absolutely amazing because I thought I was doing such a good job of hiding it but I obviously wasn't but I suppose that she had seen me from first to third year she knew the type of girl I was and I suppose it, maybe it was easy to see a change but maybe it was because she knew me so well that she was able to see it Um in only a few weeks of being back in the classroom with me because I didn't have her in transition year so she didn't see me then and um, which was honestly like I'm so grateful to her like because It really did help in the long run after I gave in
0: (laughs) yeah and I was about because I mean I am a a huge proponent um for uh therapy and counseling and I think there should be sort of mandatory counseling for all students in in secondary school like what was the impact that that counseling had on you like did it really did it help you deal with your grief like how do you think that it um, impacted on you both personally I suppose and 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 in the in your in your school setting
2: um, I suppose it just really let me, um, like, I felt validated, you know, like, because I was kind mm. of thinking, I was like, oh, like, I shouldn't be this sad. Like, I'm not the only one to have lost a grandparent. Um, mm. I need to get over this. Um, but, like, the counseling really just helped me validate it because, like, I did have a really close relationship with my nanny. And I used to stay with her a few times a week and stuff like that. Um, so, it just really helped me to accept it. And then I was able to, move on as such because I'd accepted it and I'd kind of dealt with it and I was able to talk it out and and then this like my school work started to improve because I actually was like do you know what I'm I'm sad but I'm gonna turn this sadness and make my nanny proud so I was able to turn that corner and kind of do it for all the right reasons rather than moping about and um just not interacting in school and just kind of enjoying then my last year and a half two years of school um because I just kind of really withdrawn, like even at weekends, I wasn't going out with my friends from school, I just was really, really depressed, but the counselling really helped me to come out of that, and to kind of accept that yes, it was hard, it was sad, and there would still be bad days, but I couldn't let it take over my life anymore.
0: And um, Caitlin, I know that you're, well, uh, this is what I've heard anyway, you can correct me if I'm wrong, um, but I, I believe you're studying, and, and you're hoping to become a teacher in the future, is that right?
2: Yeah so I'm currently in my final year of my undergrad and the applications have started for my master's in primary teaching hoping to start in September. Oh wow
0: Um, well congratulations well you know I hope that goes (laughs) I hope that goes really well for you Um, and I suppose like I'd love to hear I mean do you think that having Marianne O'Reilly as your teacher do you think that inspired you to want to become a teacher and if so I suppose what do you think that you learnt from having Marianne as your teacher that you would hope to bring into your own classroom?
2: Um, well I've always wanted to be a teacher from the time I've been able to talk. I used to play school at my teddies. It's <laughs> been, like a desire um, but I suppose like having Marianne um, as my teacher just really taught me that Yes, it's important to teach the curriculum, but it's even more important to teach your students that like they can do anything that they put their mind to mm. um, like she was so good for that like she taught us like to be strong women and to stand up for what we believed in. And even if that meant we were standing on our own. So I really want my classroom to be a safe space and I want them to feel welcome and to feel loved more than anything because you don't know what your students are coming from in their own personal lives. So I want school to be a good place, not a place that they dread coming to. And that was the case in in secondary school. I always knew, well, I have her and I'm going to come out smiling no matter what way I go in.
0: Oh, I love that. And I think, you know, so much of the work that we're doing with Teachers Inspire is really highlighting the importance of teachers. But I think also wanting to encourage more people to become teachers because we need more people like you in the classroom, um, who I suppose are centering the children and wanting to make it as, as safe a space um, as possible so that children will will I don't you know, feel happy and, and, and in school and want to go to school and yeah, so I just think that's really wonderful, Caitlin, um, and good luck. Like, you know, your your future pupils um, are, are very lucky, are very lucky children. Um, so thank you so much for coming on the Teachers Inspire Podcast.
2: No problem. Thank you for having me.
0: I'm Louise O'Neill, and thank you for joining me for this episode of the Teachers Inspire Ireland podcast. You can hear all of the episodes wherever you get your podcasts. And you can find out more at teachersinspire.ie. Until the next time.